This is the Who's to Say podcast with your struggle bus captain, Grant Sheffield. And that. All right, guys, here we go. Fucked it up. It's fine. We just start. We just keep rolling. <laughs> Nonetheless. All right. So, on the podcast today, I have one of my, probably one of my closest friends. She knows a lot of stuff. I would say that's true. A lot of stuff? Or yeah, a lot you know, of stuff about you? You know a lot of stuff. I know some things. Uh, you know a few things. All right. I didn't, is... I didn't know that I was one of your favorite people, though. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Me and you, uh, yeah. We, Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers. I don't know if you can. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick up on that? Uh, I hope it hit on the... It'll probably... Yeah, it's probably good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, uh, you just came off of a tour. You can kind of tell the audience about the tour and all that and just... The Boy. audience? Yeah. What? Yeah, because people are going to listen to oh, this. So there's an audience. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so... You could do the intro for you, too. Huh? You could tell people who you are, what you do. Oh, right. Okay. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> so, my name is Ryan Ashley. Jesus. And... <laughs> <laughs> so extra. And I am a writer and a maker, so I um, I make jewelry and I sell it at shows and galleries. I do pop up shops, things like that. And I'm also a copywriter by trade, so I really love you know doing all that. Worked in advertising for a while, and I actually just left the field because I got an incredible opportunity to go on tour for a month with Jewel yep. for her handmade holiday tour. So pretty incredible. I mean, like five dreams came true. You know, mm-hmm. like I've always wanted to travel around and teach people throughout the country just how to do something simple with their hands to really find value uh, in themselves that they didn't know was right. there before. And I've also always wanted to go on tour, but yeah. you know, I'm not a rock star, and that's basically limited to rock stars. For so sure. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty great, and also Jules always been. Um, a hero of mine. So it was pretty special to be able to be a part of this right. very unique thing. Like, I don't think a musician's done this before. Yeah. Uh, tell us, well, I already know the story, but yeah. tell us how it all came to be. I know you told me it was like two or three things led up to it. Yeah. So how did it start the totally. whole tour, the crash tour? So I can't get like super into detail yeah. because I did sign an NDA. Yeah. And that info is going to come out very soon in yeah. January. Yes. But I can say okay. that the first thing was I, um, I would like give this advice to everybody. Like put yourself out there and do all the things you think you're not going to be able to do. Right. So a friend of mine found out about this audition in Nashville for the Nick Offerman, Amy Poehler uh, craft show that they're, they're, they've put together. And I was like, oh, reality TV, what? You know, no way. But <laughs> I was like, screw it. I'm living on the edge. This is my yes year. You know, I'm just <laughs> saying yes to everything. Right. So I went and I auditioned. And okay. of course, I uh, did not get chosen because I didn't realize it was a comedy show. So I was very heartfelt. Yeah. I didn't at that time know anything. I didn't know that like Nick and Amy were involved. So oh, okay. my audition video was very earnest. Oh, okay. Very. Yeah. It was like I, I got a tear in my eye at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about how, oh my gosh, you know, this would give me the leg up that I've always needed to yeah. do this full time. Well, anyway, one of the producers from the show 
uh, I guess, noticed that. And, you know, for the reasons I didn't get chosen for the show, I got connected to the Jewel tour. Yeah. Because what Jewel was doing really did fit with my sentiment. Definitely. Because you've been doing crafts yeah. uh, since you were earlier than being a teenager. In like the preteens. Yeah. In the way womb. before then. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen some of your stuff. Um, I've seen you make some of your stuff personally, and it's like really great material. Ah, yeah. thank you. Um, and then coming like, from from someone who doesn't wear jewelry, that's a real compliment. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want anything to hold me down. I got enough holding me back. I don't totally. need anything else. Totally. But yeah. Um, so you live in Knoxville. People don't know that. Uh, so you live in Knoxville, right? Um, and they had the thing in Nashville, or was it in Knoxville? The Nick Offerman and Amy uh, The audition was in Nashville. Okay. How far is that yeah. from Knoxville? Uh, a couple hours. Okay. Two and a half hour drive or so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you, uh, what did you think about like the whole experience before you went on tour? Like, I know you were like, oh, well, I didn't get this. And then you randomly heard back. Totally. Like how long ago? It was, was almost that? like six months later. Okay. So I auditioned for the show and then I heard nothing back. I mean, as soon as I realized what was actually going on. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to get it. Right. I knew my audition video was wrong. I had the you know the wrong mindset for what they were doing. Right. And it sucks because I used to do stand up. Yeah. So yeah. if I'd realized what the hell they were yeah. doing, yeah, I would have like yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like gosh darn it. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I didn't hear anything. I was like, it's fine because I actually the job I moved to Knoxville for at an ad agency there. I left it. For what turned out to be kind of my dream job, like yeah. a copywriter mm-hmm. um, for a company in Knoxville, had tons of creative freedom. But for me, advertising was always the thing I was doing mm-hmm. to learn the skills I needed to be the best business owner possible right. and to save money to go out on my own one day right. and be a maker full time. Yeah. So it was sort of always a means to an end, although I did do and I did love it. Um, but so after I did the audition, um, basically it was, yeah, six months. And then I heard about this opportunity and I had like less than a month to prepare. Really? So, yeah. Yes, I know it was stressful for sure. Yeah. So basically when I found out, <clears throat> I had this overwhelming, uh, rush of terror and anxiety. Right. Because I knew, I mean, I've prepared for holiday shows before, mm-hmm. but it's one day. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to go on tour 20 shows. Yeah. I have no idea what the scale's going to be. I mean, I might be selling $1,000 a night and yeah. then running out of inventory. And so the pre- preparation I had to do in advance to make sure I had backup supplies. And I had two friends making some of my simpler pieces for me, mm-hmm. like in advance, yeah. because I knew I just needed all the extra. Right. You had to have enough stuff for the road just in yes. case it got like really big. Yes. Okay. And so. I determined that the only way I was going to be able to do that was to quit my job. Yeah. And so I went in the next day and I, my boss, God, I just love him. He's such a good guy. Yeah. Um, Jay is like the most supportive person ever. I, right. I put in my notice and he shed a little tear <laughs> when I told him what just the opportunity was. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was like, gosh, you know, of course you can't, you can't, uh, pass this opportunity by. Definitely. So I spent the next three and a half weeks every day, 12 hours a day, uh, making jewelry. Yep. All and, over Instagram. I was yeah. watching. <laughs> yeah. Making jewelry, um, trying to 
plan things for the displays. I was getting a woodworker to make all new displays for me. So I had like a really fresh vibe on the road. And um, I mean, it was a, a lot of work. And before I left for the tour, I went ahead and signed a lease on my retail space, my dream. Oh, yeah. Haven't I told you this? No. Oh, so excited. It's going to be a gallery and maker space, and it's opening February 2nd in Knoxville. Weird. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super pumped. And all of this is, I mean, I had it in me, yep. you know, but this opportunity gave me the push I needed to actually say like shit if Jules gonna take a chance on me I can take a chance on myself yeah you definitely gotta bet on yourself like yeah yeah for sure not to mention like I said you make high quality goods like high quality like how high pretty high <laughs> <laughs> pretty Thanks, high bro. you got it <laughs> do we cheers again now <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> my grandma will be real mad if I break this glass so let's like do it lightly <laughs> Oh, definitely jumping back into that real soon. Mm. Got to talk about old Graham Graham. That's hilarious. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you, you're making all the stuff for the tour. Um, and I think I, I talked to you maybe like a week or so after you quit the job. Yeah. You're like, I just quit my job. I was like, what? You just got this job. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think legit. That's you, kind of our style, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're pretty good at quitting jobs. Yes, we are. Yeah. It's a sport. It's a sport. Like, you gotta, yeah. like, yeah. quitting jobs, oh, it's the best. We always quit before we fumble. Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm a, a free agent every year. Like, I'm mm. always up for, like, a new job. Yes. You're waiting to get signed or, like, switch teams. Oh, or, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> if I've had, let's say, 20, 25, maybe more jobs, you've at least had 50. <laughs> Easily. Because I've met some of the people you've worked with. Like, we might go out to, like, breakfast or something. Like, oh, yeah, I used to work here. Oh, I used to work here. I was like, here, too? <laughs> like, we were all around Durham, and everybody knew you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I pretty much worked everywhere. That's true. Yeah. Um, but you got to quit jobs. Cause I get, for me, I'll quit a job when it gets too boring. Or if I learn how to do everything, then it's time for me to leave. Yeah. Well, I think for a long time, I, for me anyway, I really didn't, have a lot of confidence okay. in what I was doing and why I was doing it. So I knew there were things I was good at. Like I did a lot of, you know, ran businesses for other people, worked yep. in retail for a very long time. So I knew I was good at that, but I didn't really know where it was headed. Yeah. Everything I did, I knew was just building up to something else. Yeah. But I had no idea what that something else was. So I was just sort of treading water for a long time, honestly. Yeah. And so that's, you know, when you're treading water, yeah, a job gets boring or it's, you know, unsatisfying for different reasons or there's shit you just won't put up with anymore. Definitely. And uh, unfortunately, when you're going from service industry job to service industry job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You end up running into the exact same wall yep. every time. For sure. So, yeah. Of course, now, like, uh, of course, I'm working retail now. Before that, I was right. selling cars. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's retail, right? <laughs> I guess it's the same. Kind of. I guess it's the same, yeah. It's not like a you store You can't really upsell. Say. You're not like in a cell phone store where you're like, oh yeah, also you need this charger. Oh yeah, I'm still doing that. Oh, but like leather interiors? What are we what? talking about now? What are we talking about right I'm, now? I'm calling back to the car deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm still upselling at the at the uh, retail spot. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's easier in oh. a cell phone store when you're like, here, oh, this is an extra okay. 15 yeah. bucks. <laughs> Instead of like, this is an extra 15,000 Yeah, bucks. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do that 
a lot. I mean, when I was selling cars, um, as you know, I was working like 60, 65 mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. And you like, you got to get out of that gig. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Get out of there. At the same time, you were working a job. I was like, you got to get out of that gig. <laughs> <laughs> we were both working 60 to 70 hours. Yeah. Like head spinning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we went to, what's that restaurant? We got the beignets at that spot. What's the name of it? Oh, yeah. Ru- I almost said Rulu. Um, shoot. Is it Rue Claire? Yeah, yeah, Claire, Claire. Claire. Yeah, yeah. I, I've worked so many jobs, I don't even remember the names yeah. of all the jobs do I've you, worked at. Do you ever do this? Where you? All right, so I worked so many jobs that I'll go to a place where I used to work, and I'm just like, how do these people know me? And I was like, oh, I used to work here a number of years ago. Those uh, people are still there. That happens to me a lot. I'm not that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I might not remember the That's name, hilarious. but uh, I do remember oh, the place. Oh, no, I will completely forget. <laughs> Like, that's amazing. It's nothing. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. That's amazing. Yeah. Or what's really funny is, uh, so when I was growing up, I worked at a lot of, you know, super corporate restaurant type places because that's what I had where yeah. I lived. And one of the places I worked was Bonefish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I am not a corporate restaurant eater. Yeah. I want that mom and pop. I want that local place, mm-hmm. that good food. Yeah. But if I even hear the word bonefish i'm like bang bang yeah i yeah. want that bang bang. everybody's going for the bang bang i'm always about bang bang shrimp yeah yeah i'm with you yeah um let's see so i do try to hit up you know bonefish grills here and there when i'm out on the road excuse me superstar <laughs> just kidding i actually don't think i've ever searched for a bonefish grill i totally made that up <laughs> probably so yeah but i do love bang bang i just want to say it again <laughs> it's a fun word it's a fun <laughs> phrase word phrase uh, I think it's a name. But is it a word or a phrase? I mean, bang is a word. Yeah. Bang, bang is Is it two words? A name. It is two words. Yeah. That's what I was asking. Uh-huh. You're just... <laughs> <laughs> My face is so thin already. It's great. All right. So, let's see. Back to the tour. Okay. Um, so, when the tour... When did the tour, like, start? November... 25th, I was okay. on the tour bus. Okay, so that's like yeah. right before Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. Uh, or, it was right. the day after. Okay. Yeah. So what was the process like that day when you left? What happened on that on like that day? So I, a friend, um, another maker in Knoxville was yep. Derek White, kind okay. enough to give me a ride to the airport. So I went to the airport. Uh, packing was crazy for this thing. I was like, I needed to pack my displays, yeah. my inventory, supplies, and all my clothes. You have a lot of clothes. Well, I ended up really short. I ran out of underwear like every four days. All right. Let's mention this real quick. Okay. There was a video on Instagram where you're like <laughs> sewing ripped up pants. Oh, pantsless. a belt loop. Yes. It was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> is she really like sitting here just like, ah, yeah, my well, pants. <laughs> our show was, we were about to start the show of the night and I had my, um, we all had to have credentials that we wore every night so the venues knew we were allowed in. Right. I had them tied to my belt loop because like, why am I going to wear that around my neck? I've got my necklaces to show off. Right. And I was running through the bus to get like, you know, a quick drink before the show. Mm-hmm. And my credentials snagged on the knob on a drawer and ripped my belt loop. Mm. And so I was like, I got to sew this right now. I don't even have time to take them off. The amount of time it would take for me to go put on pants so I can take these off and sew them up and then switch pants again, no go. So, yeah, and I didn't even have a real needle. I had a beading needle. So it was like 
wobbling and flimsy. And <laughs> I was like, this is going to work. Yeah, yeah, Darn yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it was a busy, it was a busy first day, I assume. Like, whenever mm-hmm. you had to get from the yes. airport to... So we flew into Denver. Okay. And that was, that was where the first show was. So that's where I met everybody else who's going to be on tour with me or who I was going to be on tour with. So did you know who they were going to be in advance or you met them that day and heard about them that day? I had seen their names. Okay. But I didn't know much about them. Did you like Facebook or Instagram search them, see what type of stuff they're putting out, see what comp's going? I'm not really that person. Like I don't Google people before dates. Really? I no, I never Google people before jobs. Really? Ever. You were setting yourself for failure. That's how you get killed. No, but the reason I, well, I guess with the dates, you know. But the reason I do that <laughs> is because it's so easy to create uh, false mm. ideas about people. That's fair. And I don't want to go into a job and yeah. already feel like I'm either worse than or better than yeah, yeah, that's fair. somebody else. So for this, I just wanted to really be open. Yeah, and, you wanted to be in the moment. Yeah, and meet them and then everything develop from our real life interactions in the moment. So uh, it was definitely a different experience. And and I think I was wrong about being an introvert. How so? So we've talked about this, right? Like we both need a lot of alone time. Yep. So on this tour, all I knew, I was like, oh, I'm an introvert. This is going to be so tough. I'm sleeping in a bunk on a tour bus with 11 other people. And then all day long... I mean, there are three tour buses, so 11 yeah. times three, you yeah. know, a lot of people around all the time. And we're like, basically like summer camp, we're like intense together, yeah, is yeah. what it feels like. And I really went in feeling like I would have to make space for myself very deliberately okay. to have alone time. And by day two, I was so in the throes of it all. Okay. I was craving the time together, craving yeah. the community. And I started to wonder, I was like, gosh, maybe introversion and extroversion are more a product of like nurture than nature. Hmm. Like maybe all that time I had to spend alone because my parents ignored me. <laughs> I just had to learn to love loneliness. Yeah, 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 that's true. And I've never in my life been put into a situation where I had to test that. Gotcha. I didn't ever live in a dorm room when I went to college. Yeah. Uh, I did have... You know, some roommates here and there, but always in houses with plenty of... So plenty of space. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've just never really been been faced with that or, you know, had the opportunity to challenge it. And so now I'm realizing how much I I do want to be around people. Right. And so now... I'm gonna have some work to do. <laughs> yeah, you think it's do you think it's mainly based off circumstance, like being an introvert versus extrovert? I think so. Hmm. Now I'm sure. Okay, but that's also like if I said that across the board, that would be like saying that everybody, everybody's personality traits were formed only by their lives. Right. But we know that kids with loving parents become sociopaths. Yep, for so, sure. So, you know, I can't really say that, that that's the case for everyone, but I think it's definitely a factor. Hmm. That's a fair point. We kind of have to, we learn to cope, right? Oh, we're yeah, most put, definitely. Yeah, we're putting these circumstances where we're not getting what we need, and so we find a way to give that thing we need to ourselves. Um, yeah, I can so, agree with that. Yeah. So, as far as you being an extra on day two, like, what was it like that moment where you like, all right, all bets are off. I'm just going to, like, 
let it all hang yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. So the, flew into Denver, <clears throat> and our first night was in a hotel. It wasn't uh, the first night wasn't a show, if I remember correctly. It's all kind of run together. Mm-hmm. And I had a roommate, Linda, who's amazing. Um, and we woke up the next morning, and we didn't know each other. We just met. We're yep. sharing a room together. Uh, it's day one. I'm already washing underwear in the hotel shower because <laughs> I'm already out. <laughs> and uh, and I get up, and as soon as I get out of bed, she starts chatting with me. Okay. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're ready to go back to introvert mode. Yes. And yeah. I was like, ooh, Linda, it's nothing personal, but I'm just really not chatty in the morning. I need like a good hour. And she was like, oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course. She's so sweet about it. And I was like, after a half an hour or so, I like showered and kind of gotten ready. I had some work to do okay. downstairs. I was going to go get that comp breakfast. Of course, got to get that free gotta meal. Got to get that free meal. And so I was like, hey, Linda, you know, I'm going downstairs to get some breakfast and do some work. Like, love for you to join me when you're all ready and everything. Yeah. So when Linda comes downstairs, she sits alone on the other side of the dining room. Hmm. Because she is worried about bothering me. Oh. And Linda's clearly an extrovert. I mean, she started talking to me first thing in the morning. Yeah. Very friendly. And I had this pang of yeah. regret. Yeah. I will feel the same way. Yeah. And I was like, Linda, come over. She's like, oh, no, no, I don't want to bother you. And I was like, no, like, look, I'll just move my stuff over. You mm-hmm. know, I am I can, like, work and chat and it's totally fine. Yeah. And <laughs> in that moment, I was like, God. I spent so many years pretending I wanted to eat alone. Mm. So many. Until finally it is really what I wanted. High school, I cannot tell you how many times I ate alone in the dark room. We, we actually had a dark room back then, you know. <laughs> Old school, film, film processing. Nerd um, alert! <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm probably like pretty screwed up from eating my PB&Js and all those chemicals swimming around. <laughs> But, but yeah, I, I was just like, gosh. And, and so from there on, there were a couple days where I would just kind of go on a walk by myself and not tell yeah. anyone. But, but that was really few and far between. And I did get moody a couple times. But for the most part, I just, I realized, man, I really, I really want to participate. Okay. And I want, in other people's lives, I want them to participate in my life. I really want to be a part of a community. Yeah. Uh, bigger than just you know my ma- maker community or my comedian community yeah. that I developed here in the triangle. So it was a pretty cool moment, you know. It's good. It, feels like, it seems like uh, you got some real growth out of the trip. Oh my god, I cannot even tell you. Yeah, and I know like you're already like a writer, so I'm sure you have like some stuff like in a journal somewhere. Like oh yeah, I'm it's sure. all coming out. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though. Um, yeah. When, when did you think you, like, really hit your stride in the tour? Do you think it took, like, two weeks or a week and a half for you to be like, okay, I know what I'm doing every time at this time. Mm-hmm. I got to have this ready. So I figured out different parts of it along the way. Okay. But I think it was halfway through that I really felt solid about it. Okay. A few things went wrong, like uh, the project I would planned to teach each night, because each night we taught and we sold. Okay. Uh, the project I plan to teach, the most important supply needed for that didn't come in. Hmm. So I was pivoting and, and still trying to teach the same project, but it was just not the same without that that cord that I needed. So I pivoted and, and started doing a little bracelet workshop with people. 
So the idea is they would learn, they would just get a feel for what beadwork was. Okay. They'd learn what tools were needed. They'd get a feel for it, practice it, have an opportunity to ask for help. And then this is a simple project. They can go home and make their friends for Christmas or whatever. Right. Um, holidays, birthdays. But I felt like it lacked soul. Like hmm. the other project was a necklace that is a really, like, people love and buy a lot, and it's a really cool, just easy thing. And I had a kit made by okay. an illustrator friend of mine. And, you know, I was really excited about it. Um, and so when I switched to the bracelet, there was sort of nothing there. Hmm. You know, it was just a thing to do. You didn't have a connection to it, I guess? Yeah, I didn't. And, um, <laughs> and then one night... Uh, gosh, I think it was right, the, f the first show we had after we left California. We had like four shows in California. Okay. I'm, s I'm thinking to myself, I need to make this project quicker. It needs mm -hmm. to be like a five-minute thing. Right. People don't really have time to make a whole bracelet. Mm -hmm. And I need something more. And I don't know if this idea was already in the collective consciousness somewhere or if I came up with it. Like, I don't know if I can credit, you know, credit myself with it, but... I just thought, oh my gosh, a wish bracelet. Hmm. And I'm actually wearing mine from the tour right now. Yeah. It's just a simple piece of cotton string okay. with a few beads tied in the middle. And the idea is that it's meant to wear down. Mm. So you make a wish as you're tying it on your wrist. Okay. Quit laughing. <laughs> Quit laughing. You, as you tie it on your wrist. And then the idea is that it's you sort of put all this intention into it. It's a constant reminder. And then... When it falls off, <laughs> your wish comes true. <laughs> That's some real Disney stuff right there. I know. And I didn't even know I had that in me. But <laughs> I got to tell you, Grant, this was the most magical experience. <laughs> and I know you're you're thinking, oh, my gosh, you're so cheesy right now because I'm such. No, I, uh, I love like, this. I, I can appreciate this. Keep going with your cheesiness. You know, like I'm it. not usually very cheesy. Huh. Um, I cannot tell you how many elderly men, mm -hmm. elderly women, middle-aged, literally all ages, genders, I mean, small children, grandparents, everybody, the moment I would, they'd hold their hand out for me to tie the bracelet on, yeah. and I said, okay, do you have your wish? Every single person would say, okay, I've got it, and they'd close their eyes and there was this moment where I just like witnessed them pouring all of this hope yeah. into this simple little thing. And it was, I mean, the exchange was so powerful yeah. because here I am living my wish. Yeah. I have gotten more provided for me beyond my dreams in this short amount of time. Um, and there are just so many people who... You know, they just dream and wish and pray for something to shake up in their lives. Right, for sure. And and that was really, really special. And, uh, yeah, I feel super grateful that I got to experience that with literally hundreds of people. Yeah. I mean, it was, we had lines out the door for the workshop portion of the evenings. So sometimes it was 75 to 100 people a night. That's awesome. I'd tie this bracelet <laughs> on their wrist. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's when it all sort of really clicked. Like, I got my merchandising down pat, okay. like pricing was all, you know, consistent, and setup and breakdown was way easier, and then, you know, the bracelet was a real uh, a real hit. So. Yeah. How long did it take for the bracelet 
for you guys to like make the bracelet? About five minutes. Okay. Yeah, they'd come up, I'd show them, give them a couple tips, and they were really only stringing on about 20 beads. Okay. So, yeah, some people took a little bit longer if dexterity was an issue. Yeah. But, yeah. So. And I'm sure the bracelet is on your website? It's not. Not yet? It's not. But I am going to start including a wish bracelet with every order. Okay. Uh, in the new year. Because it's so simple. Mm-hmm. And it... <clears throat> I couldn't possibly charge for it because it's so simple. Right. But I just love the idea of giving people a little something extra. Yeah. It's it's a good add-on. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I love how you were talking about the Wish break, Bracelet. And as soon as I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the, uh, <laughs> on your grandmother's wall, how it says, like, uh, Reiki instructor or whatever. Oh, yeah. That's why yeah. I started to grin when you were saying the whole Wish thing. And I was like, oh. Uh-huh. Do you know what Reiki is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That like healing body work. Stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty. It's pretty great. Well, here's a really <laughs> funny story about about my grandmother's Reiki, and she believes she can heal all things mm. with Reiki. I love her so much. Hope she never hears this. I'm on the phone with her one day. I'm sure she won't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she does not have a working computer. It's a Windows 3.2 in her study. I know you saw that. <laughs> yeah. I know you saw that. Um. So we were on the phone one day and she was complaining about her toilet not flushing. And she was telling me the story of, you know, ah, this, this toilet just is always breaking. But, but I can tell you, you know, I gave it Reiki yesterday and now it's flushing again. (laughs) And you know, I asked her, I said, moms, I call her moms. I said, moms, let me ask you something. She goes, okay. And I said, how long was it? When did you discover the flushing issue? And she said, oh, about six months ago. And I said, okay. And have you flushed it since then? Well, no. And when did you do the Reiki? And she said, oh, a couple days ago. And I was like, I think maybe that doo-doo just worked itself out. (laughs) 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 I don't know if that was the Reiki. But also, she is a pretty incredible mystical being and some of the things that she has witnessed and i've witnessed through her right i definitely feel like she has some connection to a spiritual world that you know few of us have yeah i can definitely believe that i don't know that she channels it to help with like household appliances (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know if that's a thing but (laughs) but i'm not i'm not wholeheartedly denying it yeah that's cool though um so you're doing the bracelets, mm-hmm. and then like, what's next? Like, what is it? How's the night set up? Like, okay, so around <laughs> depending on when the doors open, around four o'clock, the artisans would all of us would get our supplies together, and we'd there was this like little winter wonderland set up for okay. us at each venue. So we took this all the displays, the traveling backdrops, and everything. Those were all set up. And then we would set up two different tables, one with our, our collections, which we had for sale. Right. And then the other one with our, our DIY station. Hmm. So before the concert, we'd have two to two and a half hours of people who came early just to participate in this portion of the event. Okay. So they would come to do the workshops and shop. And then we completely stopped when the concert began. Hmm. So at, again, depending on the venue, usually around 8 o'clock, we would pack up all of the DIY stuff, and we would either move our collections to the lobby, 
like near the merch table so that it was e more easily shoppable after the show or we'd stay where we were. Uh, and then after the show, people would come back and shop more. Okay. So people who didn't hit us up beforehand, they'd come by. And, and then we'd load out and we'd drive to the next city. So, really? yeah, it was pretty like wham-bam because I'd wake up in the morning at usually around 8 and I would make jewelry almost all day. Yeah. And some days I did other things. Like when I was in Salt Lake, I met some family members I didn't even know I was related to. Oh. My grandmother hooked that up. Okay. So like third cousins I'd never met before. So I spent the day with them. I wasn't making jewelry that day. Yeah. But most days I made jewelry all day and then around three I'd stop and then kind of get ready for a setup. So, you know, we didn't really get done with everything until around 11, 11.30 each night. So they're pretty long days. So, yeah. So it's like maybe 12 to 14 hour mm -hmm. days. Like, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's a pretty good grind. Yeah. But it's funny because, like, you were already doing that. You just went on a tour bus. Exactly. Yeah. And I wasn't selling every night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was already working those hours for yeah. sure. I mean, and it's awesome because, like, you were, you're living your dream and already doing, like, what you were doing as far as, like, it's just yes. you had, like, the vehicle, no pun intended, to, like, do that. Totally. Like, you jumped on the tour, and then, like, every single day you would put, like, on Instagram, mm -hmm. like, you're making this, you're making yeah. that. Or you would also shout out, like, the next show you're doing, mm -hmm. or the next time you're having a class. Mm -hmm. So, you do a really good job of, like, promoting your stuff, oh, like, on social media. Yeah, thanks. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what it is. Can't give a compliment without, like, taking it back immediately. Oh, of course. <laughs> what? I'm a very weak person. <laughs> I love you, psych. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've said that quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> That's that, amazing. <laughs> yeah, I've probably said that. But like, you know those moments when you're really getting to know somebody and you think, oh, this is about to be a relationship? And then you say something really <laughs> sweet. You're like, girl, I could just drown in those eyes. I mean, <laughs> do you have an infection? Because I, I think you need to see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, like real yeah. quick take backs. Oh yeah, I'm pretty good at making sure. I'm pretty good at being like non-committal. Yeah. And I don't. It's not like so a, you're committed to not committing. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm. That's living. meta. It's pretty meta. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Because <laughs> I was thinking about like these conversations we have all the time, where I'm. Gosh, you, yeah. you always ask me like, "Oh, who are you? Who are you dating now?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, nobody." Like, "Who are you dating?" Like, "Ah, oh, nobody." Yeah. It, we have the same conversation. And over then, and over. Yeah, we come to the same conclusion. I think we were talking one time about like relationships or something. And I said something like, um, I think the line I said was, it seemed like as far as dating for at least me, it's like I'm in the same movie, but it's different characters. Mm -hmm. It's just like the same thing just keeps yep. playing. And that's why I was like, I don't really want to date. Especially like if you're like a creative person, we're like always doing stuff. You don't really have time. Yeah. And and I think what we were saying is that the majority of people who are actively pursuing a relationship want the kind of relationship that feels like a lot of company, right? Yeah. So it's like, hey, babe, let's watch a movie tonight. Hey, babe, what are you doing? Let's cook dinner. And the default becomes that you are you always have plans even if you haven't made plans yet. Yes. And that has killed so many relationships for me because I'm like, look, you are attracted to me because I'm a hustler. Right. Because I've got... Well, I don't anymore, but because I've got that, you know, hardcore ad job and then I'm doing all this writing and making in my spare time and yeah. I'm, you know, following my dreams, but then you want all my time 
I'm not going to be that person anymore. If yeah. suddenly I'm just you know, making dinner with you every night. Yeah. I love eating alone. It's pretty great. Yeah. And, and also the idea that, all right, if I decide I'm not making jewelry tonight and maybe I got off work early, I'm not necessarily going to call you. Yeah. That yeah. might be a me night. Oh, yeah. Or a night for my friends. Yep. So I think we've, yeah, we've had this conversation a lot where it's really tough because the people who, they're attracted us to us for a reason, but then the way they want to date kind of negates that. Definitely. For sure. It's rough and, life out there. Yeah. I think we kind of talk about this where we feel like they want us to like stop doing what we do yeah. a little. And that like really, uh, it really irks yeah. me a lot at least where it's like, um, like, when I was at the dealership, as well as this job I'm working now, like I'll work all day long and mm-hmm. then I'll be gone for three or four hours. Then I'll come back the same night. Then I get up at eight o'clock and work the same mm-hmm. whatever every oh, single day. Oh, do you do split shifts? Um, so pretty much I'll do... Or are you talking about writing? Well, essentially if I'm like like working, if I'm working, let's say I'm working like eight to six, something mm-hmm. like that. Then let's say I have a show at like eight o'clock. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I and then you. by the time I get home, it's like two a.m. Yeah. And then I have to be back up the next day, and I'm probably if you know. Which is like, why I had to stop comedy. Yeah, I mean, you had so <laughs> much going on. Yeah. Yeah, a lot was going on. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you get so busy and doing like your own thing, you forget, not forget about the other person, but it's like. I'm already in my head enough doing this, mm-hmm. and then I gotta do this, mm-hmm. and I also have to like do this thing with this person too. Yeah, it's it a lot. Another thing on the list, unfortunately. Yeah, and you don't want to put people on the list. No, yeah, get yeah. them off the list. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's uh, I guess it's because I'm at this point right now where I'm kind of selfish right now, where I'm trying to get the right thing now? I want. Not right now. <laughs> always, always, of course. Yeah, always. Yeah. I would say that. I, I will say, though, Grant, you're more of a giver than you let on. Mm. When I was getting into comedy, okay. you were hardcore mentoring me. I mean, meeting me at... I mean, you always suggested the worst places to meet, though. Like, Applebee's? Come on, dude. I don't know place. where to meet. Get I, a different place. Oh, I don't want to go to Bonefish. <laughs> bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, you'd meet up with me and like workshop my material Mm -hmm. and you were super honest with me you know always paying attention to my sets and making sure i knew when i was terrible yeah and i was actually just describing that to the to someone the other day i said man looking out into the crowd and seeing grant with his head in his hands (laughs) (laughs) classic when when he could tell i hadn't done the work yeah it's like man love that guy yeah that's that's pretty great (laughs) yeah i mean uh, i guess um, if I see like somebody who I can see like grinding and hustle and I can see like a similar hustle, those are people like I want to stay around Yeah. because their creativity makes me more creative. Totally. Um, and I think oh, it. Oh, so you're using me. Oh, of course. Yeah. I'm trying to be cool. more creative, see? Cool. All right. <laughs> I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like, you know, if you're around a lot of people who are creative, it makes your hustle like even better. I feel like. Yeah. Where it's you like, put the hustle in hustle. Jesus. <laughs> Come on, you know I had to tell one bad one. Of course. I was yeah. like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. If we lost some people there, I I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, both of us grind a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you'll be off doing, like, your shows and workshops. And, like, I know uh, you'll drive, like, hours and hours. Oh, yeah. 
to go to like your workshops just because you don't know who you're going to meet. Right. It's the same thing like whenever I go and do a show, um, I might do like a show that's like a really quote unquote bad show, but if the right person in the room and I have a like a yeah. good set, then that could be all the difference between driving two or four or six hours for a show. Totally. Um, I'm sure you probably have, you definitely have the same thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And even just having more, we talked about this a little bit, like listing all of your past shows because yeah. sometimes just showing that you're prolific is yeah. enough to get you into that next level in whatever you're pursuing. Yeah. Because if people know that you are dedicated and trying and working at it and you are in it, yeah. man, hard work beats out talent in a lazy person every day of the week. Right. Yeah. People see that and people want that. Definitely. Yeah. I know that, uh, I know for like all the stuff that you do, like you keep meeting people along the way that keep Mm -hmm. pushing you to like a different level. And I've seen that from like whenever like you were still like in Chapel Hill Mm -hmm. and like then you got a job like in Winston and next thing you know you're in Tennessee. Yeah. And then you're in another part because you were in Nashville first and then I actually moved right to Knoxville. Right to Knoxville. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, you went through two jobs. Two jobs. In how many eight months? months. <laughs> well, six months. I quit the first one. But so here's the thing: while I was there, I busted my butt. Yeah. And one of the account executives on the account I was working on, she happened to be really invested in the makers community. She's right. in her mid thirties. She's a super savvy lady. She's got lots of artist friends. She's the one who saw about the audition. Yeah. She's the one who was like, dude, because she actually lived in Nashville, but but worked remotely for the agency in Knoxville. Hmm. And she said to me, dude, it's only a couple hours. Just drive out here. You can stay the night with me. You don't have to book an Airbnb. Yeah. Like, here's where it is. And this is just because I'm like being a person in the world, interacting and connecting with other people in the world. And so she thought of me. Yeah. And if it weren't for that, none of this would have happened. Yeah, it's great networking. Like, and, sure. and it wasn't, and I think the key is not to look at it as networking. Yeah. It is networking. Mm-hmm. But when you're making authentic connections, yeah, you're not organic. thinking about what can I get from this. Yeah. That's when you get all the things. Mm. But if your intention is always, oh, I got to go here to meet this person, to make this connection, to make this happen, that's you like trying to design your life in a way that removes all context and all, you know, other people. Right. But if you let the things happen based on the true interactions between, you know, this person, that person, that's when the, that's when shit happens. Yeah. At least that's what I've seen. When I have been really hard controlling with my life, like this is the box that I'm living in, here's how I'm operating, here's what I'm doing, opportunities have not come my way. Hmm. So... Yeah, it was really a good lesson. And uh, she was really supportive when I left that job, too. And was just like, yeah, you're a badass. Go try for this other position that you don't think you can get. Yeah. And I tried for it, and I got it. Yeah. And loved it. You know, it just wasn't the long, you know, the long game for me. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, back to, like, hustle and stuff. Uh, it's funny, whenever, whenever we hang out. It's like we're both doing two things at the same time. Like yeah. we're having conversations, but like you're on your laptop. I'm on my phone mm-hmm. doing social media stuff. Or I'm like yeah. texting this person. And you're like, uh-huh. And you're like talking to me. Then you're like on a call. And stuff like that. <laughs> we do that all the time. It's true. It's I'm, true. 
but it's fun to stay busy. Mm-hmm. It beats like being bored and having mm-hmm. like be stuck in your own thoughts because that's the that's not a good place to be. I don't even know what that word means. Bored. Yeah, yeah. You guess you stay anybody busy. who's bored, I'm like, Lord Almighty, mm-hmm. not jealous of that. Yeah, I have a lot of friends where um, they'll like text me from time to time, like having nothing to do. I was like, there's so much to do. There's so yeah. Yeah. Go to the library, dude. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I personally haven't been to the library in a long time, but it's on my bucket list. <laughs> I want to get back there. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we talk, let's see, we talk about relationships a lot just mm-hmm. because like um, me and you, essentially, we date the same people. Like, like as what far, you mean? Not like the same people. Like, oh, I'm with this. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like, like we, we date we the just same swap. type. Yeah, we're we just like swap. swap it. I'll have them this weekend. You have them yeah. that weekend. <laughs> I think that's called something else, and I think it's illegal. So let's, <laughs> let's not talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, we. Uh, no, but it's true. Individually, we yeah. end up repeating our dating mistakes over For and over sure. again. And uh, what do you think that comes from, though? Uh, well, back to the nurture argument yeah. that we talked about earlier, and we call that a callback, people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Grant is so mad right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with trying to get the things we didn't get as children. Um, I look at it from, you know, I, I love psychology, so I'm always interested in that. But I definitely find myself seeking the same personalities mm-hmm. that I grew up with that I was never satisfied by. Mm. So, like, my parents, for example, who, you know, I don't even talk to now. Yeah. Um, my first boyfriend who I was with for two and a half years and totally wrecked me, you know, that the patterns you develop early on with seeking satisfaction and like basic needs being met. I think we, we seek out those same kinds of people and some subconscious effort to redeem the original sinner. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. That's, that's perfect. That's yeah. At least that's what I think about my own journey. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Like, people that I've tried to date, like, in the past, I always, like, some way try to connect them back to, like, that first mm-hmm. heartbreak or that first person who yeah. did you wrong or whatever. I yeah. definitely would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, and I have a really hard time accepting affection. Just Same. to be blunt, like, yeah. people who are very complimentary and giving and nurturing. Yeah. Same like with the introverted stuff. Like I just didn't receive that growing up. Yeah. So it makes me uncomfortable. I pull mm. back. I retreat. Um, I become less giving, and that's that sucks because I'm actually a really giving person. For sure. But it's when I'm met with the same level of giving that I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gross. Yeah. Yikes! Don't have something <laughs> better to do than focus on me. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Get a hobby. Yeah. Um. But I do want to achieve that. I right. want to achieve that balance where I can give and I can receive because that's the goal, right? Sure. Love and be loved. Yeah. Why not? One day. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> Who you cares? Know, it's fun. <laughs> Let's be real. I'm pretty busy. I don't know. Same. You know, I got Same. a lot of stuff I got to worry about other than mm-hmm. that. Like, oh, we're going, where are we going to dinner? Like, let me make sure I get this post out and make mm-hmm. sure people know this show and yeah. this and make sure I work on that. Yeah. Shitty website. Right. <laughs> Have you been uh, putting my advice into action? Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. I need to take a look at it. Mainly because you like destroyed me. Like I was like, can you check on my website? And you're like, you <laughs> need to do this, this, and this. Like, like. <laughs> Actually, what I did was I gave you a free audit. 
Okay. All right. All right. All right. I mean, I really sat down because I want you to, you know, you're so great. I want you to do as well as you could be and should be doing. And, you know, unfortunately, there's some little thing called SEO. Yeah. And it matters. And, you know, easy to navigate stuff. Luckily, I just happen to have the experience of working on, as a copywriter, working on client websites and, you know, connecting it with their social media Mm -hmm. and doing all that branding work. So, like, your website was a great start. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there were a lot of... My website, God, every time I look at it, I I see 15 things that I need to change. Mm. So it's always a work in progress. Um, You know, I think we should always be striving to meet the next goal. Yeah, definitely. So, like, right now, you know, I'm about to open this gallery makerspace that's awesome i have to shift my entire website smart and becker yeah. has been just me yeah but it's about to be everybody but me right. you know i'm gonna have my work there of course and i'll be teaching but my website needs to shift from just repping me mm. to representing a whole community yeah so i have a lot of work to do and uh you know whatever it's going to be great. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm excited for you. That's yeah. February 2nd. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm going to have my soft opening. Okay. What type of uh, things do you have to do for that? Um, well, I have a friend of mine, Brooke Hoots, who's actually yeah. a textile artist who lives, well, textile designer who lives in Durham. Okay. She's amazing. Super talented. She's going to be my first artist, so I'm going to have revolving art shows. Okay. So she's going to come install that week. And before that happens, I have to finalize designs with my woodworker. I have, uh, we were sending back like floor plans and sketches while I was on tour. And so he is quoting out materials now and hopefully we're going to get all that done. Um, but I have some painting to do. I've yep. got those, those displays to finish. Got a few pieces of furniture to order. And then a friend of mine, Paris Woodhull, who's an incredible illustrator. Yeah. Um, she's going to do a mural of a map of Knoxville on one of the back walls. Mm. So that also has to get done. And I'm super excited about that. And, um, yeah, and I'm kind of not even worrying about a sign right now. Oh, I'm also rebranding. Okay. So I have um, a woman named Sarah who lives in California. She, her company is called a name brand company, and hmm. she does brand strategy for, you know, just, it's just killer, killer work. So she's doing a logo for me and maybe a couple of other things. So I'm really excited about that because I feel like once that's done – Everything else is just going to flow from it. Like yeah. Having that main brand aesthetic. Right. And, you know, I was going to do it myself, but one of the things I've learned along the way is that there are experts for a reason. Yeah. I am really great at, like, copywriting yep. and sort of brand storytelling and social media strategy, but I'm not a designer. Mm. And I don't have the experience to even imagine what's possible aesthetically. I need someone else to do that. Right. Um, I'm very creative, but it's a different, you know, different brain. I'm not working in Illustrator or Photoshop every day. Yeah. So it just won't be as good and it won't be, it won't be as good to look at and it won't be strategic. Mm. It won't have a real purpose. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. And, uh, let's see, I'm also in the process of finalizing, like basically right now I'm just waiting for commitments from people. Okay. Yes. I'll teach this workshop on this day. Yes. I'll be your, you know. February or March artist, mm-hmm. um, reaching out to a lot of people about, you know, carrying their work in the shop as well. So yeah. it's kind of a lot of admin stuff right now. Listen to you. 
doing oh, all the God. things. Oh, God. I know. Like, I feel oh. like I'm getting a fever talking about it all. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a lot. It's, I have a lot to do. That's some, some pretty good uh, CEO yeah. talk, some, some chop talk right now. Okay, okay. I like it. I like oh, it. but I should mention, um, one of the craftspeople on the tour, Danny Walsh, who lives in California, she has actually agreed to be my intern for the opening of the space. Really? Yes. So she's going to be my intern for six weeks. She's okay. going to do a lot of admin-related and mm-hmm. organizational work and like production stuff through January, and then she's going to come and be there for a week. Okay. So she'll be there right before it opens to help me with last-minute things during the soft opening, and then a couple days after to help me uh, with some organizational stuff, like once we see what's missing. Yeah. So I'm really pumped about that because I thought it was going to be just just little old me. Yeah. So... That's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. You can't tell my face, but I'm pretty excited. I mean, I can tell. All right. Maybe you can tell. You have a slight, like, your lip is turned up a little bit. Yeah, just a little. Just yeah. A, you, know. you still have that skeptical brow Of course. Going. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big skeptic. You got to keep that down. Yeah. Eh, sure. You know. Mm-hmm. you know I'm a fan of, like, everything you do. So, yeah. It's, uh, ah! it's good. Stop it. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Let's see. So, let's see. The tail end of the tour. Mm-hmm. How was that? Like, what was it like the last <laughs> few days? Did it, was it kind of bittersweet of coming yeah. to an end? Or? Yeah. Okay. It was rough, man. It was, uh, God, just knowing that the high we'd been on for three weeks was about to come to an end. Mm-hmm. And I would be returning, happily returning to my home and my pets, but alone. Yeah. You know, um, and especially around the holiday, it really began to hit me hard. That thing I was talking about, about wanting people, like really realizing how much I want people. And then knowing that I was, had no holiday plans. Yeah. You know, again, parents not really in the picture. Um, and I just felt kind of empty. Mm. I'd had this high of, you know, making these, not, not just being busy all day. That was a high in and of itself and being around, you know, these same people all the time and making all these friends, but the strangers I met, the people who were touched by our experience together, the the ways that I was touched, the, you know, the hugs and like, God, we spent 10 minutes together and I feel like I know you. And, and so to come back to like, Oh gosh, I should have cleaned out my car before I left town. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, oh man, laundry. It just, it felt so blah. Yeah. And the day I got back, I took a five hour nap. I mean, I was so low. Yeah. It was like, you know, like my fam, my bus fam. Yeah. Yeah. You could join, you had like a real connection. That was like your real family right there. Yeah. You guys have been through a lot. I mean, we saw a lot of things being on a bus together all day, every day. Yeah. Did the bus ever break down? Yes, it did. I can't believe I forgot to tell you that. I got to hear about this. Okay. So I think it was, again, running all together, but the last week of the tour, I think at the beginning of the week, um, there were three tour buses. The bus I was on broke down, and so we all had to split up between the other two buses. Okay. And the bus I got put onto happened to be Jules' bus. Oh. <laughs> she wasn't on it. She'd flown ahead. Of course, because why would she be there? Exactly. I know. <laughs> um, well, it's so funny because the, before the tour, yeah. I 
for some reason in my head, because I don't know what happens on tours, yep. I thought I was going to be on her back. <laughs> <laughs> so I had this whole fantasy worked out in my head where I was like, I just feel like walking to the kitchenette, and I randomly bump into Jewel, and we're both reaching for the peanut butter, and I'm like, oh, girl, you, you go ahead, I'll wait. No biggie. Like, Hilarious. <laughs> and, and of course, I, I learned very quickly I was not on the same bus as her. Yeah. So here I am on her bus. She's not on it. and uh, But her father and one of her brothers were. And it was so cool hanging out with them. Hmm. I mean, they were really, really... Uh, just such killer people. Um, it was Otz and Nikos. I mean, the most down to earth ever. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I'd held it together. So I don't know if you know this about me. I have terrible motion sickness. Yeah, I think you've told me that before. Yeah, so if I'm in a backseat of a car for more than 45 minutes, I start to get really green. Mm-hmm. And somehow, by the grace of God, I had not gotten motion sickness this entire trip. Yeah. And in fact, this night on Jules' bus, it was a night that I'd really taken it easy. Like, it was an off day. Mm -hmm. I didn't go out with everybody else and have drinks. Like, I just was really chill. I think I had, like, a margarita with dinner or something hours before. So I was not, by any means, like, in the drink. Right. And 4 a.m., I wake up, and I am totally tossed. Like, my stomach was just a mess. So, of course, you know, the one night that I get sick, I'm on... Jules bus. Oh, that's perfect. And it's like this cl- beautiful, you know, white, just very, you know, like, I don't know, exactly like I would have imagined it, but I'm just so mortified. Luckily, it was pretty clean oh, vom situation. You straight into, there you I go. Did. Mm, I did. I did. a trooper. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, but I was pretty mortified. Um, hopefully, she'll never know. Yeah. She, I'm sure she won't listen to this yeah, podcast. Yeah, she, she so. definitely won't listen no. to this podcast. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, she's great. So. Yeah. so, anyway, that was the big story. Two days later, we had our bus back. Mm, where, um, what state were you in when it broke down? Lord, you're asking me questions I don't know the answers to. Yeah. Seriously, I don't. Kn- I like didn't know my elbow from my knee. Yeah. That people would ask, oh, where were you yesterday? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I remember I ate pizza again. Yeah. It's yeah. It was tough keeping it all straight. So, I don't remember. How was, um, because I know oh, you go running quite a bit. Where were it was you? Ohio. Okay. Yes. We were, well, that's where, yeah, it was near Ohio. Okay. So. Where were you guys stopping off before or after this happened? I, I'm asking you a question you have no Yeah, idea. exactly. It's fine. Um, yeah. I know you work out a good deal. So, what was that like having to, like, find a good, like, workout regimen being on tour for three weeks? It didn't really happen. Because I know you, like, you run and I was great the first two weeks. Okay. So, the first couple days, I was doing, like, like one day, I was, like, you know, did got up early, did yoga on the bus because we didn't okay. have a hotel room. And then I did yoga at the next place we were at and then, you know, went for some runs. And we had, there was a guy on tour, um, he's actually a trainer for one of the people on tour. Right. So, I got him to, he's a boxing instructor. So I did two sessions with him. Okay. But by week three, it was like, I'm not going to lie. I'm eating all the food and <laughs> I'm not exercising. Yeah, of course. You got to get in there. You say you're having yeah. pizza. What yeah. else are you having? Pizza, chicken wings, french fries, in and out. When we were in California, in and out. Oh, yeah, you got to go. I'd never had it before. Really? I thought in and out was a euphemism for uh, fast food. 
Really? Yeah. There's no way. You didn't know that? No clue. In and out. I was like, yeah, in and out. Mickey D's? In and out of Burger King? Like. <laughs> what? Yeah, I had no idea. Did you get like the animal style? Like, stuff? Well, unfortunately, or? we forgot to get that. So I did not have an animal style. I just had it naked. But it was, it was good. I mean, it was fine. It's fast food. I in guess. and out. Um, but we were lucky because most of our meals were catered. Okay. So when we went to a venue, we'd get there in the morning, we'd find a shower. Most venues have showers. Mm -hmm. We'd do all that. And then we'd go have breakfast, you know, lunch, dinner. And oftentimes the food was really good. I mean, there were sometimes I was like, dang, I don't think I've eaten this good before. Mm -hmm. But then at night after the shows, the food that would be on the bus was like, you know, pizza, burgers, stuff like that. Yeah. Which, I mean, I ain't hating it. Yeah. Back to cooking for myself. Oh, well, yeah. But the thing is, like, you eat pretty healthy for the stuff that yeah. you eat on, like, a daily basis. Totally. Compared to what I eat. Because, like, I just throw it down. I don't I care. You know, all that Trish trash. I do. Mm -hmm. Trish trash? I just made it up. Mm. Audience, you are welcome to use mm. that anytime you want. I don't think that's going to be a solid it's no. It's not patented. <laughs> <laughs> Trish trash? <laughs> Say that past three times. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. Pretty bad, you mean? No, it's pretty good. Oh. Like I would be all over it. Like Give me ten percent. <laughs> Please. Cred. Something. Eh. Whatever. A bone. Just throw me a bone. No bones thrown. Shit. Alright. <laughs> Boneless. <laughs> 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 what is even happening right now? I don't know. I was thinking, you know, back to chicken wings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. Yeah. What, um, what's another takeaway you have from the tour? Um, gosh, there's so many. So I'm sure, like... Uh, don't date while you're on tour. Okay. Like, don't have any tormances. Fair enough. Yeah. Did you see a good bit of that happening, or... See? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was engaged in a brief torment. All right. Um, ended badly. But not, I mean, not really. I just basically said, hey, you are standing me up a lot, and I'm not cool with that, so, and we have to see each other all day, every day, so maybe, like, let's just call it? Yeah. Yeah, you just gotta shake hands and just like, yeah. Bye. Yikes. And, and then he didn't respond. <laughs> Yikes, he ghosted like, even you. even more awkward. Oh, like you no. can't actually ghost me because I see you on stage every night. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was fine. It was fine. I mean, whatever. It kept things interesting. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, but legit takeaways. All right, so I learned a lot about myself in terms of like introversion, extroversion. I also learned a lot about uh, merchandising because each night I would, if something didn't seem to be working with, the placement of my goods, I would change it up a little bit, mm -hmm. even just changing the way I listed prices. Hmm. I learned that halfway through the tour, I took all of my prices away, Okay. and people began buying more. Hmm. And I think it's because instead of scanning the prices before they even got to see what was in front of them, mm. we had a conversation. They'd pick something up and I'd have an opportunity to say, oh yeah, this is silk cord, it's totally adjustable. This is right. hand-stitched beadwork. They wouldn't even pick it up when they saw the price originally. And it's not that the prices were exorbitant or anything. It's just, I think it's 
human nature. Right. You know, you see a price, and if your first reaction before you know anything about it is that that's too much for what it is, yep. then you move on. So, so that was really interesting uh, to learn because I'd never really thought about that before. Everywhere hmm. you go, the price is right there on right. the tag. Um, there's a gallery I worked at in Asheville that did it that way, though, where there were no prices and no descriptions listed on the pieces hanging on the wall. Right. And it was because, you know, you're here for an experience. Mm-hmm. You give yourself the chance to connect, and then we'll give you all the information you need to know to make an educated decision. Right. So that was a really good reminder on the tour. Um, and also... I think the most uh, important takeaway from just this whole experience is, and I've said this so many times lately, you know, I grew up really feeling like I was nothing. And if anybody who knew me in middle school or high school, I was a statistic. I was the person, certainly not the person who you'd vote to be I mean, I, I didn't even get on the list of votes. Yeah, <laughs> like, there yeah, was yeah. nothing. Yeah. There was no vote that I could possibly have gotten. Uh, definitely not a success or, you know, creative or whatever. Um, I mean, I was going to be, like, poor and drug addicted or whatever. And all along the way, no matter how firmly I believed those things about myself, and I, I believed the things that people reflected back to me when yeah. I saw them the way they looked at me I had this tiny little voice in the back of my head that was like but what if you're wrong hmm. I'm sitting here thinking my whole whole childhood even into my early 20s I am nothing but maybe I'm wrong and I just kept acting as if okay as if I was wrong Okay, I'm going to go to school. It might take me seven years, which it did for undergrad. Sure. But I'm going to do it. And I kept doing the things I didn't think the world would let me do. And that is why I'm here, doing what I'm doing now. So having this experience just affirmed everything. It, it affirmed that little voice that, that kept telling me and reminding me that I might not be nothing and um and i just want to give it back like i know i'm in this like cheesy mindset i'm sorry grant but but i really want to give it back because you know i'm i just met so many people and i've met so many people and known so many people where there's just you know they just don't believe there's anything out there for them and there wasn't anything out there for me Hmm. but i was just fucking stubborn about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, world. Let me have a chance here. So I feel very thankful and very open and um, want to take this and, like, with the space, really build up the community around me and help provide opportunities for other people. Mm-hmm. And eventually I'd really like to do, like, motivational work, like traveling around and really, yeah. like, talking to high school students and really getting down in that period of time where people are trying to figure out why they matter hmm. and 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 then matter to themselves. Yeah. So that's kind of where my head is at is right now. Like how can I take this and and pay it forward? So yeah, I'm a changed woman, Grant. Sounds like it. Those three weeks they did a number Shoot. of it. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, but Knoxville too. I mean, yeah. from the time I moved to Knoxville, you know, a lot of things started changing. It was yeah. the first time in my life that I really took a big risk. Yeah. So I remember at one point, uh, this is when you were you were still in Chapel Hill, and me and you went to like some bar in like Raleigh, and we were talking about like, mm-hmm. oh, you were thinking about going to school in San Francisco, I want to say it was. Oh, I had gotten, I'd actually, I'd gotten a fellowship for a creative writing Mm -hmm. um, program, a master's program out there. Yeah. But it was only a half fellowship. And being this person who'd always operated from a place of scarcity, I, I, I sabotaged. I didn't think that I could make it work. It was a really expensive school. Yeah, for sure. So... And I really didn't see how it could work, but I was committed to figuring it out. And then um, someone in my family uh, fell on hard times and was really ill and needed support. So I took that opportunity to reject the fellowship and stay. Um, But in the long run, it was the right decision. Hmm. I didn't know it immediately, but... So my mother and I, you know, we don't talk, but the one piece of advice she gave me that I'll never forget was, and, and it was at this moment of clarity I never could have expected from her. She said, you don't have to say yes to them just because they said yes to you. Oh. And it was like, you know, you could hear a pin drop in my heart. Yeah. Because all my life I'd wanted her to say yes to me. Yeah. And she's giving me this, like, sage advice. Yeah. And so every time since then I've gotten an opportunity, I've really asked myself, okay, they want me, but is this what I want? Mm. And, and many times I made the wrong choice. I was caught up in the being wanted by the job or the person or the place. Right. And, um, but, you know, I can't regret any of it because, again, it all got me here. So. Yeah. You can go ahead and wipe that tear. Yeah, it's hanging in there. <laughs> I mean, I can't cry, but that's pretty good. It's making it... Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, you didn't know I was going to get all, you know, on yeah, you. Yeah, you, you know. think I had it in me to be soft and tender? Oh, yeah, I definitely really? know that. Yeah, for How? sure. You put on a big front. Oh, jeez. What? <laughs> you put on a big front. You're marshmallowy on the inside. Oh, Lord almighty, I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> Who are you fooling with? One and the same. We cover the same fabric. That's true. Yeah. That's true. We look a little different. Oh, you like the, you like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, hmm. Got a little beard going on. You're People that? can't you like see the... it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you secretly like it. Um. Are you middle of the road on it? I think I'm just used to seeing your face bare. Yeah. But it could grow on me. Well, on you, actually. <laughs> I don't know that's coming. <laughs> Uh, sure. Why not? Yeah. Oh, God. I can't I wait to get rid of it, though. love my jokes. Yeah. You're getting rid of it? Heck, yeah. Wait, why? You just grew it. Yeah, I know. I'm also going to get rid of it, too. So you are also non-committal when it comes to facial hair. Essentially everything. You quit your jobs as often as you quit your hair. Of course. Yeah. Sure. You know, why whatever. not? Yeah. Whatever. It's That'd a yeah, symbol for all other things. Probably, yes. In your life. Yeah, I gotta get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna, like, keep doing the upkeep. Not to mention yeah. that interference with, with the holding my face I like to do. With the what? I, holding my face. Oh, I can't get into it, it like interferes? I like to. Yeah, because it's, like, right there. It's not, like, a full, like, full cup. contact. Yeah. You didn't get that full chin cup? I gotta get in there. Mm. 
hear you. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was So on tour, I definitely like didn't shave at all. I went mad rogue. Nice. I'm like fully of the wild right now. <laughs> like, like leg hair and everything. And I'm just like, God, there are more important things. For sure. And also since, you know, dating is not really... Yeah, let it all hang out. Who cares? No big deal. Now, I want to make it clear, audience, I'm not saying that body hair isn't sexy. You know, I actually love body hair. Mm -hmm. My hair on my legs, it just looks like my legs are balding. It's not really like a full, like, leg hair situation. So in order to not look like, you know, just like some child leg, I do shave them for that reason. I'll admit this. When I was like maybe in high school, mm-hmm. like and I would like play basketball with my friends or whatever, like they would always ask if I shaved my legs because like my legs they just aren't hairy, huh? Like legit they aren't hairy, and I don't think until maybe like a few years ago I just started to like grow like actual hair on my legs. I'm like there we go, like 24. Yeah, probably like 24, <laughs> probably right at it. That's I'm awesome. sure. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Eh, it doesn't matter. Why I don't really play basketball? I have nobody to show off these hairs to. I also don't like wear shorts ever either. So. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen you in shorts. Yeah, I just, I don't Why? Just, I don't understand that purpose. Mm. I mean, to cool down your body? No, but you know, if you wear like long sleeve or whatever, it also cools you down quicker than shorts. If you wear long sleeves like it, your, on your body. Like your sweat, it cools you down quicker. I think we need to look up the science on this. Maybe science, for next episode. It might be flaw science. I think I heard that in like a health class I was in. Huh. I definitely know that in the summer, when I wear long sleeves, I am more uncomfortable than when I don't. Listen, I didn't say I was a perfect person. (laughs) (laughs) There's some things I just don't know. Yeah. (laughs) It's also like the confusing logic of like, if you need to warm up, you take your clothes off. If you're stuck in a storm or something and you're with somebody else. I mean, I get it, but aren't the clothes thermal too? I guess maybe if they're wool, it just depends on the material. If you're wearing cotton, take it off. Wool, keep it on. How do we get to this tangent? I'm so curious. I don't know. I don't know. Sweat, heat, starvation, dying in the cold, tundra. I don't know. (laughs) Jeez. Why are you just naming words you know? Yeah, yeah. So, Grant, what's next? Uh, I think we can call it. I think we did it. <laughs> I think we did it. Yeah, I think it's a solid. We, we did it. We're in a good spot right now. I don't want it to end. It's getting very avant-garde. It's not avant-garde. Um, we can look up that definition later, too. It's we're, a lot we're of We're looking up the sweat. Yeah, we got a lot of Googling we got to do after this. Yeah, we do. Um, what's your social media and your website oh, yeah. and all that stuff? So social media is Smart and Becker, all spelled out, S-M-A-R-T-A-N-D-B-E-C-K-E-R. Uh, and then my website is smartandbeckercreative.com. So I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I mostly stick to the gram. That's my main deal. Mm-hmm. And then I have a weekly blog on my website. And pretty soon that website will be transitioning into repping other artists as well. So, what about Snapchat? Yeah. I don't do the the snap. Why not? Uh, those filters really creep me out. Instagram has filters too. I know, but it's not like the main thing. Hmm. I never got on board, 
And I just think it's fine that I didn't. Sure. For what I'm doing, I think Instagram is, you know, a good, good road. As a social media strategist, that's my professional oh, opinion. <laughs> Excuse me. JK. No, I mean, Snapchat is good. Snapchat's good. But it's um, just not suited to my personality. I think eventually when I can hire somebody, I'll probably expand social media stuff. So fancy right now. No, look, that could be like 10 years from now. Snapchat won't even be a thing anymore. It'll be like reading your mind and snapping. I hope you're working at Snapchat for ten from ten years, like ten years from now. I'm like, yeah, I actually work at a place I used to be shitting on, and I make tons of money. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm Snapchat. Not. If you're listening, I'm not shitting <laughs> on you right now. I'm just saying it's you know like Twitter is for some people, like it's not for you. We were just talking about that. Yeah. Uh, it's really not for me either, although it needs to be. Yeah. I re- I recognize that. Um, but yeah, no snapping. Just chatting. Yep. We're going to end on Thanks for listening. Make sure to share and subscribe to the podcast. Want more? Look Grant up online at grantsheffieldcomedy.com.